That's right, everyone. Welcome back to the Principles of Fitness podcast. My name is Cameron Harn, and this episode is for you fitness professionals out there because we have fitness recruiter Jesse Stackhouse on the show today. Jesse's going to talk to us about some of the key qualities that gyms are looking for when hiring personal trainers. So if you're looking for a job in the fitness industry, Jesse's also going to talk about where corporate gyms or other boutique gyms are going to search for personal trainers. So what websites they're accessing and using to look for the best personal trainers around. Now, you can also find Jesse at justfitnessstaffing.com or search her on LinkedIn at Jesse Stackhouse. She's always happy to answer questions and point you in the right direction if you're looking for a job opportunity in the fitness industry. And if you're a gym owner or the owner of a boutique club, then Jesse is definitely the person that you want to connect with to find fitness professionals to help fill your staff. Now, I just want to take a second to let you all know that I had some technical difficulties recording this episode. I did the best that I could to edit and correct some of these little overlaps in audio, so please bear with me during this episode. So let's go ahead and dive in with fitness recruiter Jesse Stackhouse. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm bummed uh, we didn't get to meet today, but uh, maybe at the LA Fit Expo, we'll get an opportunity to meet uh, face-to-face. Can you tell me just a little bit about your involvement with the LA Fit Expo? Because from my past experiences, I never thought of it as like a place to meet other fitness professionals. It's it's always just kind of been like a, like a meathead hangout from my experiences. <laughs> All of the expos are pretty unique. I feel like the LA Fit Expo's uh, I remember the first one I attended. Um, it's it's just an incredible experience. There are hundreds of thousands of people that show up. They're from all over the United States, all over the world. So it's international with that event. I actually am really well connected now with one of the directors, Angela Davies. She's based down in San Diego, but I've had the opportunity Throughout the time, just kind of walking the floor at the expo initially, and then, and then now at this point, to be able to have employment opportunities live when I'm at the expo. In the past, I've worked, they have a main stage where they do the group fitness demos and, you know, the celebrity training demos and things like that. So um, I've been there in the past, having a chance to do the workouts, interact with people, do some networking that way. And then this year, we're working on actually having the opportunity for people to sign up if they're interested in job opportunities to get more information and then to be able to connect with me beyond just being at the expo to be able to see okay. if job opportunities might be in their area or, or across the U.S. So, so are you going to have a booth set up there or are you just going to be walking around just kind of recruiting? We'll probably have a booth um, towards the entrance. Uh, it's still it's still in the process of of. We're ironing out all the details, but I will probably have a booth and then I'll also be on foot too. So I like being mobile at those events. Um, in the past at an idea convention, I did have a booth, you know, where people were able to walk up to me, but I really like the ability to be able to go around, network with people, talk to some of the uh, certification partners like NASM, ACE. Uh, those guys are always out there. So it's a nice opportunity to just be able to walk the floor and get to see everybody and see the familiar faces and then meet new people too. 
Do you get anybody that uh, maybe isn't a personal trainer yet? Do you work? What is the client base that you primarily work with? Are you looking for just personal trainers or gym owners? Like, what are you kind of like aiming for? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I initially got into the industry, the um, I was working with Equinox and I was their West Coast recruiter. And the primary focus with that was personal training. So, okay. yep. So with that, you know, it wasn't always people that had been training for years. We were also looking for people that were looking to get into the industry, looking to make a career change or people that are just getting out of school, former athletes. So it started with just personal training. And then as my career has evolved, um, you know, my time with after Equinox with Crunch Fitness, I was recruiting for (laughs) 40 different clubs across the United States. So um, within those clubs, we had positions, you know, still for personal training, but also fitness managers, general managers, sales staff. During my time with Crunch, it really was the the time where I realized um, by being able to place so many different kinds of positions within one company, uh, including mm-hmm. corporate roles like marketing, finance professionals, human resources professionals, that's basically when I saw the opportunity to, to go independent, start my own business and then be able to service beyond just personal training to be able to, you know, support any position in the fitness industry. So, so yeah, that's a great question, but right now, like at this point, it's, it's gone, you know, beyond personal training, um, getting a chance to even dig into, uh, you know, different structures. Now at this point, prior experience was always with corporate clubs. So now I'm digging into franchise, owners, uh, franchise locations, boutique facilities. (laughs) I mean, there's just so many things out there. It's, it's been a really great experience to get to see what's out there and how I can help people get connected with the hiring managers. Yeah. I mean, you're in the perfect place to get Stay busy too, because I mean, Los Angeles is like the Mecca for health and fitness. It's incredible out here. It really is. It's it's exciting. And, you know, you and I connected through the Moore Park program and Jeff Kryle uh, throughout the time, you know, especially with personal training recruiting. When I first got into the industry, I mean, I had prior recruiting experience. I had prior sales experience. So, you know, I had somewhat of a sense of what I was getting myself into. But I realized really quickly, my goal was to figure out what I could do to find as many qualified personal trainers as possible. So I started with our online sources. Then beyond that, it was, you know, forging relationships with the school programs in the area, you know, Moore Park College, NPTI, uh, Show Up Fitness, Sochi out in uh, North Hollywood, you know, these places where people were getting hands-on training from professionals for more than a month at a time. (laughs) You know, some of these programs are like six months to a year, and especially Jeff's program over at Moore Park, people are coming out of these programs really well well equipped to become successful personal trainers. So anyway, I just, you know, there's just so many different directions you can go with trying to find people. And it's funny because people will ask me all the time, how do you find trainers? And I'm like, well, it's not just one thing. It's a little bit of almost everything. 
but uh, but there's definitely some really great places to start. No, absolutely. And Jesse, I want to get back. I want to go into your your business, your recruiting business a little bit more. First, though, I kind of want to take a step back and look at how you got started in the fitness industry. How did your career begin? Yeah, so I had just moved to LA. I was um, working at Johnson & Johnson before I moved out to LA and at the time, I was initially pursuing a passion of the fashion industry. <laughs> and oh, really? Yeah. So I, you know, I had been to fashion school in New York. I had a really great opportunity to have a, a little bit of a mixed, I think, background coming to LA. You know, I worked in the fashion industry. I had worked as a medical device rep. You know, I had the sales experience. I also had recruiting experience. So. Um, pretty quickly, I decided to go in a different direction from fashion, especially after making that transition from working at Fortune 500 company, <laughs> Johnson & Johnson, and then just, you know, schlepping, schlepping clothes around town in LA. Um, it was just, you know, it was a humbling experience, but that's when I realized too, that I really enjoy uh, this structure that you can bring to an organization and and I was excited when I saw, I actually found the Equinox job posted on Craigslist <laughs> of all places. I thought, this sounds really cool. I, I really enjoyed recruiting when, when I did that out of college. And I liked that it was specifically focused on personal trainers. So I thought, well, this is pretty awesome. You know, I don't know that I have the exact experience they're looking for, but I think I have a lot of the skills that would translate with the sales experience, um, the brand, you know, Equinox has a really strong brand. And I think that having that background in fashion also helped get my foot in the door with the interview process. But to be honest, I think it was just a really, really great timing and such a blessing to be able to get the position with Equinox when I did, uh, because, you know, I wasn't a personal trainer before that. So I didn't have a ton of industry experience. I was a student athlete, but I think the journey of my career since I've been in fitness, so approaching six years now, I have to say, I think it was kind of the perfect timing and being able to show the applicable experience, but not necessarily what they were asking for in the job description. Yeah. So what, what I, yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. And it's the same thing with personal training or general manager or sales positions, things like that. There's always, you know, usually minimum requirements. We want to see two to three years of experience in the field or two to three years experience. And yes, a lot of times it does have to be something that closely correlates. But I think, you know, in this particular scenario for myself, I had I had the background of being an athlete. I had the the wherewithal to understand that I, I needed to research the certifications and, and you know have a, a general sense of where I would start to try to find personal trainers if I was recruiting them, kind of things that I would do, the activities, those expos, things like that. Um, but I was able to show that I had a sense of understanding where I would go, whether I had done it before and, and I was able to demonstrate it wasn't the case. So I had to prove myself. And uh, I think throughout that process, the interview process and everything, you go back to different times in your life where, you know, you didn't have experience doing something before, but you were able to learn quickly, 
you had those other soft skills or, you know, the other skills that, that you can't tell somebody, you know, the, the work ethic, the, <laughs> the relationship building, the personality, all that stuff, I think really helped me get the position with Equinox. So I hope it wasn't too long winded, but <laughs> no, not at all. I want to ask you really quickly, how, what did you do to stand out in the interview process? You have no prior experience in the fitness industry. What did you do to show value to the company of like what you could bring to the table? That's a great question. I, it's funny because I remember at the time I was sitting in a panel interview and Equinox can be pretty intimidating from an yeah, aesthetic absolutely. standpoint when you walk in. I remember the first time I actually worked out, you know, in an Equinox and uh, I had remembered seeing them when I lived in New York, when I was in fashion and everything. And I remembered the brand. And so, <laughs> so in the interview process, I worked out at the facility. It was actually Westwood. And I took one of the classes. I don't remember what it was called, but we used a Viper. Have you ever used a Viper before? Cameron? Oh, absolutely. I know <laughs> yeah, the guys from, I mean, I'm uh, sure you have, you know, at this point, but to me, it was something brand new that I had never really seen, you know, those like there's all these handles. What do I do with this thing? <laughs> yeah. And I was just, I remember feeling really overwhelmed, but also really excited because I felt like this is a company that's on top of what's happening. You know, they have the latest in the technology, they have the power plates. I mean, all of these things that were for me and my running background, we didn't have those things. I went to a great school, Furman University in South Carolina, but we weren't working out with the power plate when we were in strength and conditioning and weight weight room. <laughs> so I think, anyway, I think that during the interview process, I tried to take a look at the brand. I tried to take a look at what would I do to find personal trainers? I would, I would make relationships with the certification partners, with where the people are getting certified so that I could help them get job opportunities after they get certified. That's one thing. I would go to schools. I would go to kinesiology, exercise science departments, get to the department heads, get to get our foot in the door as a brand so that we could either do presentations at the schools, we could uh, mentor students, potentially do internships. There were a lot of different opportunities, uh, I felt like, with school relationships. So that was another thing that I said I, I felt we could find people that way. You know, some non-traditional sourcing. The NCAA has a job board where you can post your positions. A lot of times it's coaching opportunities and things like that. But I felt like athletes were obviously a really good place to start since people already tend to like working out and they're used to being in a weight room and, you know, have a general sense of how things operate and work. And I felt like focusing on athletes and how we could connect with them was another great opportunity. So there's a lot of other things along the way. It's just a mix of, of constantly building and maintaining relationships with all of those sort of sourcing opportunities. So I think, you know, when I laid out a plan like that, they were able to see the thought process and give me an opportunity to prove myself. So how did that experience start off for you? How was it getting into Equinox and starting recruiting for personal trainers for the very first time? Oh man, <laughs> that's a great question. So I think pretty early on, we were opening new clubs, downtown LA, was just about to open. We had certain clubs that, you know, right away you realize, okay, we're always going to need to be looking for people in certain areas. There can be a little more turnover in, in certain certain areas than others, depending on what people are doing and, you know, how 
how focused we are as far as employees go yes yeah so i mean certain areas like hollywood for example you get you tend to get a lot of people that are not just there to be personal trainers they're usually some someone involved in the entertainment industry you know becoming actors so there's usually something other than just full-time training as a focus does that answer your question there's just certain areas that you kind of that I learned very quickly, I need to always be looking. Whether they have an opening on the team or not, it's probably likely that in a month's time, we might need two or three more trainers at a certain location. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's on a location by location basis because you could have, you know, I think there's a lot of people who enter into the industry and either they get into it, it's fun for them from the get-go, but maybe they have an interest in becoming an actor, actress, going into law enforcement, going into the fire department. So personal training is kind of like an afterthought. So I understand the turnover rate right. at any club can be incredible. And that's something, I mean, that's like, that's a whole nother discussion, but that's something that with every employer that I've worked with, it's something everybody's really looking to reduce because obviously when you hire good people, you want them to stay. And so I think it's always a several different reasons why people change jobs and do something different. I have my theories just over the time of doing this, but again, I don't want to open a whole other can of worms, but along with recruiting is always the subject of retention. That's every client that I work with. And so beyond, you know, just trying to work with them on, on finding talent, I tend to, you know, give some advice on things I've picked up along the way on, on what employers are doing to retain them as well. Uh, Very cool. So you're kind of just getting started. You're experiencing this transition with turnover rate, locations being so different from each other, even though that Equinox, they they typically grow gyms like pretty close within like another location. So was it overwhelming for you at first? It was. Kind of just starting it, I mean, out in the fitness honest, industry? It was, you know, because it's something brand new. I mean, to me at the time, I didn't know the difference between ACE and ACSM, you know, and now I do. And I could, you know, explain anything, not anything, but okay. I have a really good sense. So it was just a matter of, you know, learning certifications, uh, learning the geographic area. Again, I, I was still pretty new to LA. So it was just, you know, everything was always a new experience. Uh, but, you know, it was also really rewarding. But I have to say, you know, that's where, that's where I think, especially with this industry, it takes a certain kind of personality and it takes a certain kind of grit because you can't come into something that you know nothing about and think that it's going to happen without an incredible amount of work and effort and frustration and tears and the things that happen along the way. But if you're new at something, you have to have the understanding that you're going to have to just keep working, you know, trial and error, you know, successes and failures until and that's still happening. You know, it's it's definitely still happening now that I have a new business and I'm learning all kinds of things along the way. I think at the time, it, just getting into the industry, it was, you know, a little overwhelming, but also it's rewarding. I think, you know, during the time that I was with Equinox, it was pretty cool that, that Crunch contacted me. 
during, it was, like I said, this is always a busy time. It was the holiday season several years ago. And they said, you know, just kind of curious if you'd be open to another opportunity. Um, we're looking for somebody, you know, that has your skill set, but going to be more responsibility it would be the entire U.S., And at that time, I was only recruiting maybe 12 or 15 clubs for Equinox here in Southern California. Um, Yeah, I also had a couple clubs up in in San Francisco. But yeah, the I, you know, to me, I was thinking, wow, I'll be doing New York, San Francisco, Miami, LA. That's pretty pretty overwhelming, but also it was really exciting. And I just thought, if I can place 500 trainers for Southern California, I can place 500 trainers, which was the initial goal for crunch. I thought if I can do it in Southern California. I think I could do it across the whole United States. <laughs> so again, I think it's one of those things where you never really know sometimes exactly what you're getting into until you're in it. I want to ask a quick question being, you know, starting off as a recruiter for Equinox, it's a very reputable club. And what exactly are they looking for as far as material for personal trainers? Are they looking for somebody with a bachelor's degree? What what do they hold valuable as far yeah, as certifications go or experience goes? So Equinox, I'd say the first thing that comes to mind, they, they are looking for a polished, well-educated person who isn't afraid to sell. And I'd say that probably those standards come across, you know, every organization that I work with. Ideally, I think they look for somebody who's already had some, you know, established experience, but they're definitely open. Equinox is definitely open to people that are new to the industry. I think with every club, you actually have to look at every club as its own thing. The hiring managers at each club are looking for something different. So that was definitely something I learned along the way. You know, it it wasn't just, oh, you guys are looking for somebody with an NASM degree. No, I mean, there were certain locations that, you know, that was a preferred certification, but every manager is looking for something different. It was really about identifying the hiring manager and what their team was going to be built and then trying to find the right person to match that. And the same thing for for the candidate. So if, you know, if a candidate was a little more green to the industry, if they had literally just done self-study and maybe trained a couple of their friends, I would keep in mind, well, what's a good club to match somebody up with that's relatively new? You know, somewhere that they are going to be able to get a little more hands-on, a little more coaching from the fitness manager, from the personal training manager, um, things like that. Okay. And was there any difference between Crunch and Equinox? Are they looking for different things? Are there any similarities? It tends, they tend to be looking for the same kind of thing. Actually, uh, was thinking about things, you know, before, before the podcast. And I thought I put together a couple things that employers look for. So I don't want to rank them in order necessarily, but these are common things. So willingness to be, um, to learn from others and to be coachable. So they're always looking for somebody that has that team mentality. Yes, personal training is individual, but yes, you are definitely in a team environment where sometimes you're coming across the same client that maybe both trainers want to train, but the, but the bottom line is, you know, they're definitely looking for people that are coachable and 
don't think they know everything already. <laughs> so regardless of however long you've been in the industry, I always say be open to new ideas and a new way of doing things. The other thing, your personality. So personality, I mean, it goes without saying, but it, this happens and I get this feedback. It's, you know, this person looks great on paper. They have these certifications or qualifications that we're looking for, but in person, they just were not engaging, you know, or they lacked the enthusiasm or the energy. And I have to say, you know, personality isn't something that you can manufacture, but I think, you know, especially with this industry, introverts can definitely be successful, but I'd say most of the time, it's, it's those extroverted personalities that tend to go much further in this, you know, career. They tend to be more, more successful, but not to say that there aren't introverted people that can also be very, very successful. It just, it tends to be a theme where people that are more outgoing, who aren't afraid to go and talk to members, who aren't afraid of the rejection that's going to happen time and time again, they still put a smile on their face. They still go out, still uh, keep that positive energy. I'd say personality, however you can try to define that, that's something that's always an element of somebody getting hired at an organization. And then certifications and schooling. I mean, that's something else that they're always looking at, right? So what I try to tell, what I used to do is uh, I had a little more one-on-one coaching with people um, when they were in the interview process. And I would say things like, what's your specialty? Are you the kickboxing guru or uh, high-intensity interval training? I mean, beyond just being a personal trainer, like know what you're really good at. Are you good with the special populations? Are you good with, uh, just, yeah. 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 so I think, you know, when somebody's in the interview process, you know, keeping all those things in mind, but definitely, um, be able to speak to what, what value you're bringing to the organization and what thing you're going to bring. That's a little different than what they might already have. So then with certifications or schooling, do certain companies hold a degree of certification? To be honest, it's only been one time. And the reason for that is that they had a sponsored person. So like a, um, most of the time, the companies that I work with, uh, we don't, people typically do not sponsor the work visa process. So if somebody's an international um, candidate, unfortunately, in the recruiting side of things, there's a lot of times there's not a lot I can do to help people that don't already have their authorization to work in the United States. A company was out in Georgetown and they did have the minimum requirement of the exercise science degree because, you know, they have to keep those certain standards. But I'd say okay. every other time it tends to be, you know, the degree is preferred because you've had a lot of training, right? You've had a lot of knowledge, a lot of background information coming into it. So the degree is definitely preferred, but it's not, it doesn't tend to be the minimum qualification. So certifications, NASM, ACE, NCCPT, ISSA, uh, NCSF. I mean, there's so many certification partners, but um, those tend to be, there's usually a preferred list. And those are usually the minimum qualifications is that somebody, you know, at least needs to be certified. I have worked for companies where they don't require that upon being hired. 
they are open again because the person has exhibits other qualities, you know, whether it's the sales, the neck for sales or the um, personality or, you know, whatever background they're coming from where, where the, per, the hiring manager has said, yes, I would like to hire this person. We're going to give them 90 days to get certified. We still want to bring them on because we don't, we don't want to miss out on them. <laughs> so I think it's always dependent on the organization, but I do think, you know, there's definitely, there's an idea of preferred certifications, preferred, you know, backgrounds come into this. I feel like what I've observed over time is that it's, it tends to be these other skills beyond a certification that make a trainer really successful. I'm so glad that you said that because I've had experiences with other clubs or maybe not even clubs, just uh, in not quite franchise gyms, but let's say sports-specific gyms, right? And I have, I don't have a degree, to be honest. I have uh, experience. I have eight years of experience in the industry. I wasn't able to go to school uh, due to some financial reasons. From that point on, I was like, okay, well, if I can't go to school, I'm just going to, I'm going to study all my own. I'm going to get the same textbooks that these universities are getting. I'm going to network and meet as many people as I can in the industry, go to as many certifications as possible. And even with that experience, I would go to, let's say, a certain gym that specialized in sports performance and presented my resume. And the first thing they would go is, do you have a degree? I'd say, no, mm-hmm. but I've got like this much experience, these many certifications, over 10 of them. And they'd shy me away. And I was just like, what the heck? But with somebody who could have, let's say, an English degree, they'd prefer them over me, which is just like mind blowing. Is there a reason for that? Like, is it because, and I've heard from some people, maybe you can shed some light on this as a a recruiter for different clubs and stuff. Is it because some areas they, with somebody who may have just gotten a degree, do they want to mold that person? Do they feel feel that they're going to be able to mold into their system a little bit better than somebody who has experience and maybe they feel that they are just kind of I set think in their ways? That if I'm just speaking honestly, it tends to be a bit of an antiquated thought process that a degree, any any degree would be required. This industry is different. Pretty much exactly what you just described there are so many people that do not come with even an AA degree that are very good trainers. <laughs> you know, they're making over 80, 100K. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, you know, anytime you can support yourself in, in that capacity, uh, not having a degree, that's the thing is when I, you know, come across things like that, I tend to try to give some coaching. So now what I'm, what I'm running into is that, you know, depending on the business owner, depending on how long they've been in the industry, people definitely know what they think they want. And sometimes you have to suggest, hey, I know that this person doesn't have, you know, the degree or this person doesn't have, you know, the two to three years of experience that you were looking for. But look, they're already training clients independently. They've already trained, you know, this. or And so that's where I'll I'll at least have the opportunity that because that person didn't have it on their resume, I think the great thing about what I do is that 
I get somebody in front of them that maybe normally wouldn't have ever gotten in front of them just based on other qualifications or whatever, or, you know, or just the fact that most of the time um, business owners don't sit at the computer. I mean, nobody in fitness that like typically does not sit behind the computer all day. So for me to be able to have the chance to do that and to (laughs) mine through the people or, you know, have those, uh, those initial conversations and then, get in front of the hiring manager and say, Hey, you know, I, I know this person doesn't have, you know, this thing that you had asked for, but they have this, this, and this. And I think, you know, that definitely warrants a discussion. Would you be open to talking to them? Most of the time? Yes. A lot of times I have people that apply for roles like, uh, like a regional vice president role, that haven't, they've been great personal trainers, but they haven't even managed a club yet. So to me, I'm like, okay, this person wants to advance in their career. They're not quite at, you know, a vice president level role yet, but maybe, you know, they could come in at an elite level or on a track for an assistant fitness manager, something like that. But, but otherwise that person would have been completely dismissed and never would have been hired at all by the organization but because I've had a chance to look at it and see what other you know things might be able to translate or where they might be able to fit in, that person still gets a shot at getting in front of the hiring managers. It's funny because it seems like fitness would be, maybe from an outside perspective, it would be simple like, oh yeah, you just find a trainer, you know, or you just find a manager fitness, but it's, it's not, it's complicated. And everybody's looking for something a little bit different. Every club culture is a little bit different management styles i think that's what makes it so fun yeah it's not a one-size-fits-all industry just like how diet or nutrition is not a one-size-fits-all program i mean there there are certain needs that every location is looking for and not everybody's going to fit that role just like i mean i can't train uh, i'm not going to be able to train everybody in the world like there's just some personalities that i won't mesh with well and some people might not like the training style that I have. So, you know, there's just some people that won't work for you. So it's about vetting who you're working with and placing them in the in the best possible environment Absolutely. for them to thrive. Well, I, so then, you is know there what? any more to when that you list, Jesse? about my background, how I got in. I think it's, you know, it's an interesting story, but I think, you know, for me to be able to say what I find for the most part, people are looking for jobs or if people want to get into the industry or if somebody... I'd say personal trainers is probably the specialty, you know, that I can speak to on somebody wanting to get into the industry. I think candidates, you know, sometimes don't know, okay, well, what do I do? Do I just apply online? You know, what's the process? I don't know. I hope this helps, but I tried to put together some ideas that people can do to try to successfully get their foot in the door. So, I mean, there's basic things. So starting with online, I typically say start with indeed.com. Start with your online sources. Do a search in your area in a commutable distance, something in LA, for example, you're not going to want to go more than 15 miles out, probably. I mean, it, it could be a really crazy commute otherwise, but you can search the jobs in the area on Indeed. And Indeed has a great technology where every night, any employer that has posted a job on their website, Indeed will pull that information so that it scrapes all of those uh, career sites the next day it will post that new job. So, um, and does it for free. I mean, the algorithm, it's, it's the way that the site works, but that way, if you're actively looking, you can see when a job was posted 
I'd say typically jobs that are posted in 30 days or less, you're going to have the greater, much greater chance of, you know, having an actual discussion. I'd say even in the last 10 days of the date that that job was posted, know that those are active jobs. You know, that means that employer is probably still in the interview process, still looking for new applications. Anything beyond 30 days, be careful because especially with Mm -hmm. fitness, you know, things get stale and, if a job is open for like 90 days and it's still online, then, you know, there's a chance you're not going to hear back, if that makes sense. And then also what I like about Indeed is that you can, you know, put your information in there, put your yeah. email address, and it will email you each day new job alerts. So it's nice because you don't actually have to sit down every day and do the same search. You know, you can get your emails, see what's happening in the morning. And then also, this is something that's always ongoing. And then even if you're not actively looking for a job, but you think you might be looking for a change at some point, or you just kind of want to see what advancement opportunities might be out there, I really feel like Indeed is a good resource. The other thing for our industry, and I don't know why I I still laugh a a little bit about it, but Craigslist is actually a really good source. There's still a lot of organizations that are posting their personal training jobs on Craigslist. And I've actually found a lot of really great candidates through Craigslist. I mean, that, again, is how I got my job with Equinox. That's how I even knew it existed. So, you know, Craigslist is valuable for that. And then the other main thing that we found, you know, along the way um, is referring, right? So if you have friends that are trainers, if you, you know, went to a school program, like I know you went to Moore Park, but talk, talk to your friends, see where they're working, where they're working out and get familiar with the facility. But I'd say, you know, most of the time between people looking for jobs and then people who stay in jobs, if you know somebody who's already there and you know what you're, what, what the situation might look like already, that's kind of the best way. Those are, those are some top sourcing or, or ways that you can kind of look and see what's out there. I also do encourage people sometimes if it makes sense, don't bombard <laughs> front desk staff, but it, it is good to go in and get a feel for the club and the and what it looks like and in the culture. And don't be afraid to walk in and introduce yourself. Yeah, you might just get the front desk staff, but if you go at a slower time when the club isn't super busy and it's not the end of the month, you might be lucky enough to be able to sit down with a hiring manager that day. Because again, most of the time, people are not at their computer and they're not looking at those online applications. So I know that I encouraged you to look online, but it also gives the online thing, gives you the opportunity to see who's hiring, see who's actively looking. And I think if people take that additional step and they actually go in person, dress nicely, present yourself well, have a copy of your resume in a folder and say, if you're not able to meet the hiring manager that day, you know, ask for their business card so that you can email them, you know, and, and find a point of contact that's direct. A lot of times there's no system with front desk. So if you just leave it with front desk and hope that somebody's going to get your resume, I mean, sometimes it happens, but I'd say most of the time it probably doesn't. So if you can try to get some contact information, you know, use your best sense of things. Don't harass people. But if if you take that in-person visit, sometimes you might get the opportunity to meet that hiring manager, if only for a minute to introduce yourself and then later set a date that you guys will have a formal interview. I, I think that it's I think that it's a good approach to to show the kind of you know personality that you have, and it's a nice way to get in front of a hiring manager if you're really wanting to to work at a certain place. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that because you're giving somebody an opportunity to see you for who you truly are. And it shows initiative, which I think initiative goes a long way with people that if I'm willing to step into your gym during off hours and just say, hey, I'm looking for a job, it shows to me, it shows commitment. And I love when I see people who are committed and they take initiative like that. Right. I mean, Definitely. That goes a long way for me. And I think uh, for a hiring manager, it would be pretty impressive for them as well. So I wanted to ask you also with your recruiting, are you are you just posting job opportunities online? Are you meeting the recruits individually? What happens when you recruit somebody, place them in a location? So, you know, I would typically do an initial phone screen. I'd invite Yeah, but now as things have evolved, I have clients across the country. So a lot of, and then you know, now the it's kind of online you or on the phone. Are posting things. Um, sometimes I'll do a Skype or FaceTime or something if, if, you know, if need be. But a lot of the times for me, I try to speed up the process by getting that person to the hiring manager. So I have some initial screening, but then I ultimately just want to get those two connected so that they can meet in person and then move forward from there. Um, but what I used to love, I and I do, I have this, um, this story I'll never forget. Uh, Canada, it was brand new club. So downtown LA was opening for Equinox and Hugh Brockton, uh, he did not have any personal training experience prior. Um, his resume had mostly, um, really nice, you know, hospitality industry. I remember it was, I think one of the five-star restaurants out here. And I thought he had written a thoughtful cover letter expressing his interest in becoming a personal trainer and getting in the industry. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this kid a chance. So I invited him to the open house. He just had this amazing energy. And I was like, see, like you would never know this by looking at a resume. You just wouldn't. So I had the chance to meet him. And I'll be honest, he went on in one interview and, and unfortunately it didn't work out with that particular location. He got back to me, he said, Jesse, I just really want to do this. I might be summarizing. It's been a while since this, this was Equinox probably five years ago, but I said, okay, I coached him a little bit. I said, so next time when you, when you talk to him, make sure that you talk about some of the things like the experience that you've had from training your friends and things like that. And anyway, bottom line is it must've been, and, and I did. And it was like one more time. I was like, I just want him to have a chance. So it was the open house for downtown LA. And I remember sitting next to the fitness manager at the time and he sat down and smiled and, and he just, I mean, he aced the interview and oh. afterwards, you know, the hiring managers, I really like that kid. I'm like, I know he, I really think it'd be great. Awesome. Long story short, I think he became, you know, a tier three trainer pretty quickly. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I have to be honest. I haven't looked in the last year or so to see where he's at, but he invested. I remember one time I did get to reconnect with him. He was still with Equinox, which again, I think anytime somebody's with a company for, especially in fitness for more than three years, really shows their commitment to that organization. And, and, um, I was like, man, he's still there. He's like one of the top trainers or, and still a great personality. And so it was like one of those stories where I realized it was like, yeah, if I could do that more often, really, obviously somebody who really enjoys what they do and the lives that they're changing and they're very passionate. It's just that not everybody gets that chance, but also not everybody is as persistent Sometimes you're told no, but sometimes just keep trying because if it's something you really want to do, you'll find a way to make it happen. 
I, I feel like I have to get back in touch with him now and see where he's at or what he's doing, but I'm sure he's still, you know, I'll look it up. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'd love to hear about what happened to him. Yeah, I'm approaching my sixth year. So, Jesse, so you've, uh, it's, spent, it's been you said, amazing. Six or yes. seven years in the industry. <laughs> where were you going with that? Perfect. That's what I was about to ask. Yes. How has it treated so, you so I mean, far? Here, How is with, this whole process I been feel like you the way yourself that I'm structured doing this for or the, the way that haul? I am? When, once I get into something, I can't help but just go, you know, full force, you know, 120%. And um, during you know, my time with Equinox and then transitioning into crunch and then, um, you know, being the only recruiter at crunch for over 40 locations and, you know, at every location, there's many managers. So, you know, 80 to hundred, I mean, I don't even know how many hiring managers at some point, you know, I, I was able to help support, but that's when I really saw, you know, and going to these expos and the more people that you meet along the way, you, you can, tend to hear the same kind of themes, you know, how do I find trainers? You know, how do you do what you do? And I thought if I could help not just one company because I'm bound by a contract, right? But if I'm able to start my own business and I can help support many companies, um, including franchise clubs, because that was, you know, something else It was, you know, there is just so, there's so much in this market. And I, I know I'm only at the tip of the iceberg right now. I mean, I'm a year into having my own business and doing this, but it's it's not just corporations. It, it's not just franchise locations. It's not just boutiques. There's all, also these independent training facilities where the owners are looking for more independent trainers to bring their clients and train, run their own businesses. So I'm starting to tap into all these other parts of the industry that I didn't even realize were there. So I have to say it's not easy and it's definitely not easy running your own business. And and there's so many things that you learn along the way. And, but I'm definitely committed. So I can't say that I'm the expert, but I can tell you that I do try really hard. So uh, whether it's whatever company I'm working for, I try to, you know, be as thorough as possible and just dig in, you know, because they all, every company that I tend to come across or that I'm working with is growing. They're growing quickly. Um, They needed something yesterday or, you know, six months ago. And so I feel like this is definitely an industry that I think impacts a lot of lives in a positive way. Yes, you know, it can be really sales oriented and numbers oriented. But I think when you take a step back and you see the impact of fitness and wellness on people's lives, maybe it's a little too rosy, but I try to look at the big picture and think hopefully in some way I am impacting I'm impacting people's lives in a positive way, whether that's through connecting them with trainers or connecting those trainers with manager. You know, I did have a trainer one time that helped save somebody's life that was starting to have a heart attack at crunch. And oh yeah, I had found that guy on LinkedIn, Dewey Tran. I had found him on LinkedIn about, I want to say it was maybe a month or two before the incident happened. And it's like, he was the first one to respond. and, And because of him, this person still alive. And so I don't know, again, it's only one example, but I think, you know, in the long run, I hope that lives are impacted in a positive way that, that we're doing something good here. I thought it was amazing that you reached out. I didn't, there's, again, there's so many things that because I tend to be behind the computer working, I I don't get exposed to. So I'm excited that I had a chance to connect with you and learn more and 
this this is definitely an ever-evolving industry and there's always something to learn, you know, and something's always changing. But um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited. I, I hope to be in it for the long, long haul. <laughs> no, it's definitely an incredible industry, Jesse. And I think that uh, great people connect great people. So, I mean, Jeff is such an amazing individual over at Moorpark College, and he's doing some incredible things with his program. And I'm so thankful that he was able to connect the two of us because I think this is a very important topic for other fitness professionals or even fitness enthusiasts who may be thinking about getting into the personal training industry or somebody who just wants to, you know, maybe dabble into sales or managing a club. It's important for them to understand, you know, what clubs yes. or franchises yes, or even small boutiques. And so I know we talked about it before too, but January sixth, uh, the Fit Expo. I definitely encourage people if you're thinking about getting into the industry, if you just kind of want to see what it's like, it's definitely a really cool event to kind of get to see a little bit of everything. You're gonna see, you know, some of the bodybuilding, some of the group fitness demos, the nutrition side, I mean, the education partners that are there. I think if it's if it's an industry you're thinking about getting into or it's something that you're already doing, you can still learn so much and get so many valuable contacts from um, from walking the expo floor. So I definitely encourage people check out the Fit Expo, um, look at IDEA. Uh, that's another big expo that they have here in L.A., but those, you know, those are pretty incredible networking events. And uh, and a lot of times, too, business owners will be there. They'll be the people working the booths and you can literally meet them right there that day. So um, so I'll be there. I know I look forward to getting to meet you in person there and people should keep it on their calendars. Early January, Los Angeles. It's a nice time to be here and be out of the colder parts of the country. <laughs> Couple more questions before we wrap up here. Who is someone oh, that mentored question. you in your early stages the in the fitness that industry? Just immediately and what comes is to mind important is lesson they taught you? Nasario Mejia. He was the vice president at Crunch, and he's the person who contacted me to potentially make a move. Don't want to get him in trouble for that, but I am forever grateful. Uh, so yeah, I think Nasario definitely had the greatest impact. For sure. On, <laughs> on this point in my career, he was open to new ideas. And also, I just constantly felt like I was learning things. I mean, just all the time. And, and he would think of things in a different way. And I thought, oh, you know, I wouldn't have even thought of that. So I have to say for sure, Nasario was um, definitely a, a great mentor. He has since started his own business too. He's also doing some recruiting. It's called Blue Chip Theory. And um, Nasario, man, he was in the industry. He's been in the industry for so long. He knows so many people. And again, I just have to say, I, I really you know appreciate that we had the, the opportunity to connect when we did, because I think between you know the time at Crunch and then when I finally decided to start my own business, which is just like such an overwhelming decision for some reason. It's, it's scary when you start your own thing, but I just, he has been a mentor and friend along the way. So I'm very, very grateful. And also, you know, Jeff Creel, Kyle, sorry, Jeff has been, man, I mean, I've known him since almost the beginning too. I met him initially at an ACE conference 
he, again, too, he connected you and I, and, and when I see the way that Jeff impacts the students, the way that he's grown the program at Moorpark from, I think it was five or 10 students initially, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of students in that program now, the small school, I think with his passion and the way that he really brings people together. So I have to say, you know, between those two gentlemen, it's, it's really been a pleasure being able to be connected with both of them. I love it. Oh, I don't know. A, That's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. In the earlier years. Uh, here's the thing. I guess it's hard to talk about Take as a female time. sometimes, uh, but I felt at some point in my career, I was, I was realizing what I was initially hired to do, which was the, you know, personal training recruiting and then I had realized where my um, where my responsibilities had evolved, and it was you know at that point way beyond personal training. It was training, group fitness, uh, was just sales sales staff. It was basically anything that was coming up and open in the organization was was something that I was supporting the recruiting efforts on. So at some point I thought, well. This, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. What what can I do differently that I might be able to co- be compensated in the same way that like a single fitness man, you know, like one fitness manager, I, I knew what the earning potential was on that job. And I thought, well, you know, as I'm one person, but I'm handling all of these different clubs and locations and responsibilities, what could I maybe do differently because of the time and effort that I'm putting into this career, what could I do differently to be compensated different? So we had some difficult conversations, but to be honest, he really was a good person to, he was the person that I had to have those conversations with at some point. And then um, after he left the organization, it was somebody else, but those are difficult conversations to have. So when you can have somebody that can mentor you and, and listen to you, but also say, Hey, you know, maybe try a different approach in these kind of conversations. I think that was a valuable experience because I think a lot of times at some point in their career, somebody, everybody talks about compensation, right? So it's not always with Johnson and Johnson, we had a yearly review and it was a very buttoned up process, you know, a very, you know, you knew what that was going to look like. Maybe it could be a 7% raise year over year or something like that. So with fitness, that tends to not be the case. There isn't usually always a sit down at the end of the year or a trajectory for where your career is going to go and what your new, what's your new job title is going to look like during, especially during my time with Crunch. That was, that was the time where I had those conversations for the first time in my career. So I'm definitely, again, I'm, I'm really grateful for those experiences. And I think that sometimes things are uncomfortable, but they shape you. And that's the thing is that eventually because of whatever I felt or the things that I thought is that I did end up starting my own business. And right now I'm definitely still learning, um, but I'm still thrilled to be able to be in, in the position that I'm at now, to be able to, to run run a day the way I see fit and um, be able to support a lot of different kinds of clients and, and things like that. So again, I don't want to be too long-winded, but I feel like it, sometimes it's like one thing that somebody mentors you on, but it, it impacts almost everything else that you do from there too. So Jesse, this has been so much fun. That's a great Thank question. You so much so for the business name Where is can people just find you staffing. and just learn a little bit more I'm about what you're up to. On Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. 
uh, LinkedIn, you can find me, Jesse Stackhouse. And uh, there's a good chance I might have already tried to connect with you if you're in the fitness industry. <laughs> 10,000 people and growing. Uh, but yeah, I'd say LinkedIn's a great way. You can also email me at jesse at justfitnessstaffing.com. Always here for a resource too. Uh, I do have people that reach out sometimes and just want to know what they can do to get into the industry. And I'm, I'm happy to have those conversations when I can. So, well, I'm just really excited. I am grateful for the opportunity. Fantastic. Thank you, Cameron. Just for any final thoughts before we hang up here? Especially to be, you know, <laughs> be on a podcast with some of the greatest in the industry, Neil Spruce. And I mean, it's just a... It's definitely uh, a really rewarding experience. So thank you for letting me be a part of this. And I'm excited to stay connected with you as we as we journey forward in our fitness careers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, thank I love you so it. Much, thank Cameron. you. I'm honored to have you on. It's been such a pleasure. Okay, you too. Talk it. to you soon. That's it for this episode of the Principles of Fitness, everyone. I want to give Jesse a special thanks for being with us on the show today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, share, leave a comment on iTunes, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Principles of Fitness.